Thank you for tuning in to Conroe United Pentecostal Church today. We pray that this podcast is a blessing to you. If there is ever anything we can do for you, please email admin at conroeupc.org. Praise God. My wife and I are honored to be here, and, and we don't take it lightly. And there are many out here that could say things better than I could today. And I asked the Lord, and they asked me what I was preaching. They asked me for titles and text, and I have wrestled with what I'm about to say. But I felt a peace early, early this morning, just about the time that time changed. I felt something in my spirit, and I felt peace. You see, we're, we are in a multiple of five with this anniversary. Five is the number of grace in scripture. There are five primary offerings in scripture, five major sections of the Psalm. There are five books of the law, the gospel plus acts form the new Testament Pentateuch. The apostle John wrote five books about the grace of God. Five is seen throughout the tabernacle. Twenty-five is five squared, five multiplied by itself, five quintuple. It is grace upon grace. When you get to 25, when you get to this place, I believe it's more than just a date on a calendar. I believe it marks a season. I believe it marks a moment where God gets ready to do something in the life of a church. We've reminisced, but would you permit me just a moment to just lift the veil of the future and show you where I feel that God is directing us and leading us. Oh, praise God. Mm. You don't find many good words in that single chapter of Jude, but I found one in the second verse. Mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Here's what I feel, Conroe. You're marching into a season of multiplied mercies that God is getting ready to pour out on this assembly and this area a mighty move of his spirit that has been prophesied, that has been prayed for, that has been fasted for, that has believed. Some have died and not yet seen it, but I believe I'm looking at the generation and we are in the assembly that is going to see a mighty breakthrough and outbreak of the Holy Ghost and God is going to do something powerful in our midst. If you believe it, shout yes and lift your voices to the Lord and praise him right now in this house. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Oh, praise God. You may be seated. The season of multiplied mercies. The tabernacle of Moses indicated the law. The tabernacle of David indicated the church age. As James said in Acts 15 that he perceived the Lord was building again the tabernacle of David that had fallen down. The t- Solomon's temple represented an age that I believe is dawning, the kingdom age. Words fail me to describe that temple. Adjectives are useless and redundant. Ornate, elaborate, intricate, extravagant, 
That was Solomon's temple. That was the place that Israel had hungered for so long. At Shiloh, the Ark of the Covenant remained for some 430 years, not in a beautiful home, but in a badger skin covered tent. Uh, You don't despise the day of small things. I'm so happy your pastor came here 25 years ago. And as Brother Prince said, I'm happy that he stood on a four by eight sheet of plywood and said, this is the church of Conroe and God is going to pour out his spirit in this place. Oh, praise God. Oh, praise God. David longed to build a house for God's presence. He wasn't allowed. So he accumulated the materials and the money, and his desire was credited to him as an accomplished fact. That's the worth of a godly wish. Then David's son Solomon comes along and builds the house for God's presence. 30,000 men cut the timber from the forest of Lebanon. 80,000 men cut the stone from the quarries west of Jerusalem. 70,000 men served as general laborers on the project. Architects, craftsmen were donated from the king of Tyre. They directed the workers so there was silence inside of the temple that you would never know what was really being built and you never really know what's going on in God's world. All the cutting, all the hammering was done elsewhere. Like God's temple today, God is doing something. Sometimes when we don't even perceive it, there is a silent building program going on all around us. After seven years, the elaborate workmanship drew to a close and the temple was finished. It was moving day. Only a single piece of furniture made it from Shiloh and made it from David's tabernacle into Solomon's temple. It was the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, It had rested in many places down through the centuries. Uh, It had been in uh, the wilderness for 40 years. It had been at Shiloh for 430 years. It had been on a battlefield in the hands of the Philistines. Uh, The Ark was an unwelcome visitor there. And soon it was returned to Israel where it stayed in the houses of Abinadab and then Obadidim. David brought the Ark to a tabernacle, pitched it in Jerusalem, and for 40 years it rested in the tabernacle of David. And it was that single piece of furniture that made the transition from David's house to Solomon's house. Can you imagine the procession that day? All 12 tribes of Israel came to celebrate. Everyone rejoiced and the presence of God had finally come home home to its resting place. The procession made its way past those two gigantic columns that graced Solomon's temple. One was named Jacob. In God there is direction. The other was named Boaz. In God there is strength because when you come into the house of God, there are two things you're always going to get. You're going to get direction and you're going to get strength to walk in that direction. Direction. That's what I want in the house of God today. That's what I want in this place today. I want to leave here with the shackle left behind. I want to leave here with the cloud and fog of doubt gone. I want to leave this place with direction and with 
strength. The procession led past a huge brazen altar because Israel had grown and so had their need for sacrifice. It passed by a huge brazen sea now standing on 12 brazen oxen. That tiny, that tiny laver that had been made from the melted mirrors of the daughters of Zion was no longer there because as you grow, you need a deeper purity. It passed by not one table of shoe bread, but 12 tables of shoe bread, illuminated by 12 golden candlesticks. Uh, because as you grow, so grows the need for greater revelation. It passed by 12 golden altars of incense because Israel had grown uh, and they needed higher intercession. They needed greater worship and greater praise. Uh, and so it is, Conroe, that the day is here and it has arrived. That the sacrifices are going to be greater. The consecration is going to be greater. The revelation is going to be greater. The intercessory prayers are going to be have profound impact in our praise and our worship. Let's take time. Take a time out a moment here. And can somebody magnify the Lord with me in this house and rejoice? in the God of our salvation. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. But though some things change, there's something that never changes. The spirit that dwelt on the Ark of the Covenant, that blood and that mercy seat, it never changes. There's some things we've always got to keep with us as we grow. The kingdom of his kingdom, of his government, there shall be no end. The kingdom of God is growing, and I believe growing exponentially. I know there's a time for gain. You can get all Ecclesiastes on me if you want to. I know there's a time for loss. I know there's a time when the tide rises. I know there's a time when the tide exits. I know there's times that are awesome. And I know there's times that are awful. I know there are times when the sun rises and the sun sets. And sometimes we behold the majestic. And sometimes we find ourselves in the plains of mediocrity. I know there's a time for addiction, addition and a time for subtraction. But can I tell you right now that I believe we're moving into a season of growth. It is the modus operandi of God. It is the divine motif that he saves the best for last. That was his first miracle, that he saved the best wine for last. I don't believe that what God starts, he can't finish. He is author, he is finisher. He is beginning, he is the ending. He is the alpha, he is the omega. The one who began a good work in you, he is going to finish it until the Day he splits uh, the eastern sky, folks. Uh, get ready. Uh, the latter house uh, is going to be greater than the former house. The next 25 years uh, are going to be greater than the preceding 25 years. Uh, that God has got something planned for us. Ezekiel, I, I don't. I don't know. I, I read last year, I just got lost in Ezekiel. And that's a scary place to get lost. 
Because it's weird, folks. It's just weird. It's a weird book in the Bible. I mean, he's a 30-year-old guy that lets God pick him up by the hair of the head and carry him places and drop him places. And I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. And, uh, and he would look at Ezekiel and say, Son of man, what do you see? And he must have seen what God wanted him to see because God let him continue seeing things. Oh, praise God. Where there's vision, there's always provision that God has a way. If you can see it, he can supply it. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost in that. Oh, praise. Oh, praise God. Oh, praise God. I'm thinking of a couple of visions of Ezekiel. And you remember one of those visions, he was carried into this temple. It was not, it was not the temple at Shiloh or at Solomon. It was not Zerubbabel's temple. It was not any of those temples that had been built. It was like no other temple that had ever been built. And people have wondered what it is. I personally believe that it's a picture of the church in the last days, what God is going to do. One of the things about that temple, he, he saw successive levels. It was not on the ground floor. And as he moved to the second floor, he noticed something odd. He noticed that the rooms on the second floor were bigger than the rooms on the first floor. He went up another floor and he noticed the rooms on the third floor were bigger than what were on the preceding floors. In man's world, in the ancient world, if you're going to build, you're going to build a pyramid and what's down below is bigger than what's up above. But what Ezekiel saw was inverted, that what was on the ground floor was smaller. But the higher you went, the broader it became and the more it began to grow. Here's what I believe God is saying. If you're ready to take a step higher, I can show you something more. If you're ready to go a little higher in me, I can blow your mind if you will let me. If you will pull off the blinders, if you'll pull off the governors off this motor, if you'll put the pedal to the metal, I can show you what I will do. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this room right now. The second, the second vision that attracts my attention in Ezekiel also involved this temple. God told him to circle the city. He went around the walls and he came up to the front door of the temple. And the front door of the temple uh, pointed toward the east. All of God's houses pointed toward the east because they were a people of the new day. That we are never taught to look at the setting sun and think it's almost over. We are to look to the east and believe God, you are doing something that is beyond my imagination. Uh, I see a new day coming. Uh, I see a new day dawning. Uh, I see a sun rising uh, in the future. It may be dark today, but hold on. Uh, weeping may endure for night, uh, but joy is coming uh, in the morning light. I believe it's coming. Uh, I see it coming. Uh, I may not feel it. Uh, I may not have it now, but I'm reaching for a new day. I'm reaching for it. When he got around to the front door of the temple, he noticed a trickle of water coming out from beneath the front door. Wow, that's strange. Something in his spirit said, follow it. But it's just a little trickle of water. Follow it. And as he began to follow it eastward, and as it began its downward journey 
over 1,500 feet down to get down from the city of Jerusalem and to get to the surface of the Dead Sea, the lowest point on planet Earth. Ezekiel said, I noticed something really strange. The more I followed that little stream of water, the bigger it got, the wider it got. He said, in fact, at one place I waded out a thousand cubits, 1500 feet. It was to my ankles. I waded out. It covered my knees. Another 1,500 feet, it was only to my knees. Another 1,500 to my waist. Another 1,500 over a mile out. There were waters deep enough to swim in. And then he stops and said, I perceived it was a river that no man could pass over. That is a picture of what God is doing in our day right now. There is a river flowing. It may have started 25 years ago as a trickle, but honey, it's getting wider and it's getting deeper. And whithersoever the river floweth, that which is dead, which is coming back to life. Oh, yes, amen. It is on its way. God has saved the best for last. There's greater miracles. There's more miracles. There's more revivals. There's more souls being saved. There's more broken homes being put back together. If you believe it, put your hands together. Praise him right now. Hallelujah. Not only is the kingdom growing, the mercies of God are beginning to multiply. The adjective used to describe God more than any other in Scripture is holy. Stephen Charnock in his classic work on the attributes of God said it's used so often to describe God that we rightfully infer that holiness is God's crown. Holy, holy, holy. That threefold antiphonal chant of the cherubim, the seraphim that fly about the throne of God. Holy, 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 holy. But there's another adjective used in scripture that describes God in a different way. It's not holy, it's mercy. That God is merciful. Paul called God the father of mercies. The psalmist and the apostle John combine to picture his presence as one that flows with mercy. 41 times in the Psalms we're told to praise God for the simple reason that his mercy endures forever. Every time you look in the mirror, you ought to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That you haven't given up on me. That you've not given up on my family. That you're still watching out over me. Oh, praise God. Oh, praise God. 26 times in the 136th Psalm, the psalmist urges us to praise God for his abiding mercy. For his mercy endureth forever. 26 times we're reminded to praise God for his goodness. That he is merciful. He is good. 26 times we're reminded you praise God because God is a giver 26 times we are reminded that he creates he delivers he sustains that it's not me and you it's by the hand of God it's that river of mercy that is flowing that God is wanting to do something 
He's not just the father of mercy. He's the father of mercies. There's something about mercy. It wants to get into the plural. That his mercies are renewed every morning. This one that told his apostles to forgive 70 times 7 every day. When you exhaust those 490 times, he said there are fresh mercies every morning. If he tells man to forgive 490 times, do you really think you've done something so bad that God can't forgive you and help you and heal you and lift that cloud of condemnation off of your shoulder and get you back on your feet again? He's the father of all mercies. You say, Brother Gurley, you don't know my sin. It is great. Well, I'm happy to tell you that his mercies are also called great. And he can magnify his mercies to cover the need. Well, Brother Gurley, I don't know. They are called the sure mercies. You can know and you can be confident that I can come boldly before the throne of grace and find help in the time of need that God can help me. It's in the second giving of the law. God introduced himself as the one who is merciful and gracious and long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth and keeping mercy for thousands. Scholars have wondered about that, keeping mercy for thousands. For thousands of people, we don't know. For thousands of generations, we don't know. For thousands of needs, we don't know. For thousands of transgressions, I hope so. That God is able to multiply his mercies. This is what the Holy Ghost has been telling me. Conroe, you're about to walk into a season where God begins to do his thing. He shows up and he shows out. In Acts 2, he added to the church. But in Acts 12, he multiplied the church. The same God that knows how to add, he knows how to multiply. And he, oh, praise God. Oh, praise God. Oh, praise God. Your pastor mentioned a moment ago, mentioned a moment ago, and it was, I noticed sitting there that three of the men, and we hold these offices and we hold them as the treasure and we let go of them. They don't define who we are. Our ministries, uh, our ministries are not defined by this office. Uh, we all have other ministries. We do. But three of us sitting there. We had Texas. We had South Texas. We had North Texas sitting there. And I began to, as I was sitting there, Brother Prince, I began to think about Texas District. Gave birth to two other districts. Oh, praise God. Oh, that's pretty amazing. Right now, if you added all three of these districts up, we're talking 750 churches or so in in what was once the Texas district. God is doing something. 
Uh, he's just doing something. He's, he's doing, he's multiplying. As I was sitting there, I started thinking of Montgomery County. And some of you may have noticed, I pulled out my phone. I consulted the prophet Google. And I found out, uh, uh, Google told me so. Google told me that Montgomery County has over a half million people. And it's just hit me. Uh, it, it's odd that the largest city in South Texas is the Houston area. And it, uh, it hit me again. The largest uh, area, metropolitan an area in the Texas district is the Houston area comprised just of those one county over a half million people uh, and here sits Conroe here sits the church in Conroe the queen jewel uh, of Montgomery County God has placed this church uh, in a very fruitful field uh, you know what you've sown you've watered uh, you are about to reap uh, there's going to be a 30 and a 60 and a hundredfold day of reaping on somebody praise him in this room right now hallelujah hallelujah one little article I read over there that said by the next census Montgomery County will probably be over a million people and here you are pardon my vernacular right smack dab in the middle of where God is bringing souls we are not in any other business but the lifting up of Jesus that he might draw men and women unto him I want to lift him up I want to magnify him there is something that's taking place some of you in this room you know I know I I gave for other churches to start in this city I know other churches began and I'm not throwing stones but some just didn't stay he just didn't it reminded me uh, of the story of Abraham Isaac and Jacob you may remember that Abram's name was changed to Abraham. Part of the divine name, Yah, was added to Abram's name to give Abraham. Jacob, you remember, was renamed Israel. Part of the name Elohim was added to that name. He's a prince of God. And the Jews have asked, why didn't Isaac's name change? And the Jews have a response. Here's the response. There was a famine that came in Genesis 26. It came against the land where Isaac was living. He began to pack his bags just like his daddy did. He was going to go back to Egypt to get some provision and ride out the famine, ride out the drought. But while he was packing, God tapped him on the shoulder and said, Isaac, Yitzhak, it means laughter. Hey, laughing man. Hey, comic. Hey, jokester. Hey, hey, hey. Don't go to Egypt. I imagine Isaac looked around and said, what? Don't go to Egypt. Don't go to Egypt. Don't go to Egypt. No. Stay right here. God, there's a drought in the land. There's a famine in the land. God said, stay right here. You stay right here. What God did not tell Isaac, or at least not what is not recorded in Genesis 26, Isaac went out to the barn and he got the sack of seed corn, threw it over his shoulder and went out into the fields that looked like the back of an alligator. They were so dried up. 
And he reached into that sack of seed. And he began to throw seed as if it was the best ground and the best time. He just began to sow seed in the midst of a famine. Don't you know that the Philistines gathered around and mocked and laughed and made fun of what that man was doing? Uh, But somehow he had this idea, God, if you told me to stay here, then you must expect me to be fruitful. Lord, if you told me to stay here, I'm going to occupy until you come back. And he started sowing. And the Jews say, to this day, Abram's name was test. Abram was tested. His name had to be changed because he failed. Jacob's name uh, was changed uh, because he was tested and he failed. Uh, but not so Isaac. In the one chapter devoted to him, uh, when God told him to plant his feet, uh, and he not only planted his feet, he went out and sowed. Uh, and the Bible said God gave him uh, in the same year, 100 fold, could it be? Oh my, I'm feeling the Holy Ghost right now. Could it be that within 365 days of this 25th anniversary service that this church is going to see a 100 soul revival and is going to see an outpouring of God like you've yet to see that it's going to happen right here? Oh, somebody praise him. Somebody praise him. If you believe it, get a hold of it and say, it's mine. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. Musicians come. I'm almost done. Boy, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. This is no accident. It's providence that God has placed this church in this fruitful place. It's not man's plan. It's God's plan. God is calling on you to step into a new season. Jesus said, no man having drunk the old wine straightway desires the new. Here's what that means. The old going out will always fight the new coming in. You've got to make up in your mind that I want to see new growth, that I want to see the miraculous. I thank God for everything that's in the storybooks and the sepia-toned photos in the scrapbooks. I thank God for what he did yesterday, but he is the same God today, and he is going to do something marvelous, and he's going to do something miraculous. You not only have to step into it, you got to prepare for it. you got to get out in that valley. Uh, and start sowing seed. Hey, why don't you get out in that valley and start digging some ditches? Uh, Oh, Brother Gurley, I don't feel like it. Or I feel like I've been digging ditches. Uh, You are the one uh, that determines the capacity uh, of the multiplication. Uh, His glory, His anointing, uh, it's multiplying. How much room do you have to receive what God is doing? Somebody shout glory in this house right now. I hear the sound. That's what he said. I hear the sound. Elijah, how did you hear the sound of rain when there was not even a cloud in the sky? He did it in his spirit. I hear the sound of an abundance 
of rain. Oh, praise God. I'm not talking about the rain that fell in Monroe and Bocalusa and is flowing down to Orange. I'm talking about the rain of the Holy Ghost. I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. The subtraction has passed. The addition has passed. The division has passed. Let the multiplication begin. It's a new season. It's your due season that God is going to pour out by his power, by his presence. Oh, come on, church. I feel a new wind blowing. I sense a new day dawning. I hear a breakthrough coming. I see mercies multiplying. Can we stand all over this house? I read this story a while back. I've forgotten where I read the story. Then my son-in-law recommended a book to me, and I thought, I've read that book. But I downloaded it anyway, and the moment I read the first page, I realized I read this book. I read this book. But I kept reading. I thought, well, Lord, you wanted me to read it again. When I was reading that book, I read about the story of a man who was in an automobile accident. And while unconscious, God took him on a journey to different places in time to visit with people that had a word for him, a word that would change his life. One of his final visits was not on this earth, but in heaven. The one he met was not a man, but an angel, Gabriel. When the man gets over his amazement at standing before this angel, he looks around and he realizes I'm in a very, very large building. It was a building filled with many things, papers, photographs, shells, filled with precious items. They walk and they walk and they walk, but they don't ever seem to come to the end of the building. Finally, the man stops and Gabriel, have I seen it all? And Gabriel said, you've only seen a tiny fraction of this facility, a lifetime of wandering, and you would not cover it at all. And he said, and sadly, it gets bigger every day. And the man asked, what is this place? And the angel said, this place is the answers to unasked prayers. These are the dreams and the goals of the less courageous. Kathy once wrote, in the inner realm of heaven above, we're all discussed with perfect love. He longs to give what we yearn for ourselves, yet blessings lay unclaimed on thousands of shelves. I got up early this morning and I said, God, if there is a blessing on one of those shelves that has my name on it, I don't want it to gather dust. I want that blessing in my life. Oh, I feel I feel hunger in this building. That is the requisite appetite for every miracle in God's world is a hunger. I'm hungry and I'm thirsty for what God wants to do and what he wants to give. I see it in the spirit above this assembly, beyond this ceiling, beyond this roof. There are some heavy rain-laden clouds filled with the promises of God that God is ready 
to say, I have marked this 25th anniversary. I have seen, can I just speak prophetically right now? Oh, praise God. I have marked the sacrifice of this family and church family. I have seen what they have endured. And I've seen every sacrifice, large and small. I have marked everyone that has sighed and cried. I've heard every groaning. I've heard every uttering. I have given a limited revival in your midst. But I'm getting ready to multiply what I have done so long as you have room to receive it and as long as you have your hands uplifted and your face set on me and you stay humble in your sight I am going to magnify my mercies and multiply my grace over this assembly such that there will not be room to initially receive what I am about to give you I feel that in the Holy Ghost that is the message I felt impressed to tell you that there is a mercy that is multiplying if someone would open up your heart and say it's mine it's mine I want that with all of my heart I gotta have that with all of my soul I desire that with all of my spirit oh praise God I want every altar worker, every minister in this house right now. For right now, you may say, I attend another church. Well, well, folks, we just adopted you into the Conroe church right now. I want every minister, every minister's spouse.